What does it take to, to learn that cargo securement? Uh, for me, I think you have to have some attention to detail on that. Um, it's a detail-oriented job when you start throwing straps over cargo and chains and it's not doing the basic minimum. Yeah. It's going a little bit above and beyond. Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast, Caution Wide Right. I'm Luke, your host, and today we're gonna be chatting about getting into trucking, how to prepare for CDL training, learn a little bit about flatbed and specialized loads, and more. With me is one of our own CDL instructors here at CNS Driver Training Center, where we offer one-on-one CDL training in Lidditz, PA. If you check out our Google reviews online, you will see around 200 five-star reviews. Why? Not only because we offer one-on-one approach to CDL training, but we also have competitive pricing and some of the best CDL trainers in the game. Dave comes with over 10 years of experience driving trucks, specifically flatbeds and step decks for specialized loads. And before being a trainer here, he worked for some of the best uh, specialized load carriers in the US, including TMC Transportation, where he drove and trained new drivers, teaching them the ropes of the flatbed industry. Dave, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. So to kick things off, there's a lot to cover that we can chat about, but really let's start from the beginning. What got you into trucking? I needed a change. Uh, used to be in retail management and kind of wanted to be my own boss and do my own thing. And trucking was probably the better way to do it after I ironed out all the details. Yeah. And I believe your dad's got at least experience in the trucking world, right? Uh, my father-in-law is a driver and yeah. both of my grandfathers. Yep. Very cool. And did you think, uh, you know, like, you know, you eventually got into flatbed or specialized loads and that's a career field that's pretty hard to knock into what was that like uh, for you to get into that i did my first two years with a dry van carrier okay uh, dedicated loads for caterpillar with crst uh, when i first went to training i was told give a company two years to build a solid resume don't yeah. bounce around yeah that's what i did i gave them two years i moved on the tmc to learn flat bedding i became a driver trainer with them a recruiter instructor for securement I helped out with and uh, worked my way up to the specialized loads of John Deere. John Deere equipment. Oh, that's incredible. And for those that, that might not be aware, specialized loads has many terms. It'd be oversized, overweight, uh, maybe it's a heavy haul or super loads, overdimensional loads. And so you said it was mostly John Deere that you dealt with, but what else, what else did you haul? Uh, steel coils, yeah. I-beams, Anything steel-related, occasional lumber, drywall, once we got into the dedicated end of it, would take the heavy loads where they needed to go and backhaul, maybe back some coils or whatever we could do to get back to the main terminals where it would pick up more equipment and figure which port it was going to. Right. And when you, when you haul specialized loads like that, heavy equipment, that, you know, you, you mentioned uh, cargo securement, you know, strapping things down. I, I think of whether you have you know, ropes that you're strapping down or chains that you're strapping things down with. What does it take to, to learn that cargo securement? Uh, for me, I think you have to have some attention to detail on that. Um, it's a detail-oriented job when you start throwing straps over cargo and chains and it's not doing the basic minimum. Yeah. It's going a little bit above and beyond. You're running stuff down the road on an open deck. You're next to people, people's families, whatever it may be. 
Yeah. Even if you have a coil on the back, you're you're in front of the coil. There's people behind you. It's just going a little bit further, you know, knowing what the minimum strapping requirements are and then just throwing a couple extra ones and <laughs> taking five or ten minutes to, you know, proper load checks throughout your trip, making sure everything's dialed in. And how frequent do you have to check loads? I've, I've heard of loads where, you know, maybe you're – whatever you're hauling is sort of settles and so you got to absolutely strap it yeah once you get out there and settle it i usually like to stop after about one hour they say 150 miles i stop after about an hour and then do frequent checks every couple hundred miles as well as monitoring my mirrors you can usually tell if your mirrors are set right you know what's shaking around and what's not going well for you and did you have any uh, scary things happen Uh, anything sliding i know like with coils specifically man you hit the brakes and they start sliding forward. It's I, I, I did have a load of greasy bar get away from me once. Um, <laughs> it was an interesting experience, and really I had no idea that it happened. It was yeah. that quick. Uh, I was in Indianapolis, and somebody had pulled up next to me and said, hey, man, that load's coming apart on you. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, it's in the back of your cab. Oh, my gosh. And uh, we, uh, we pulled over, and sure enough, it's – greasy bar and it just kind of slipped up over the head of the bulk and yeah went into the headache rack God. and uh that was a couple hour deal of redoing that and a learning experience oh, as yeah. well it's uh no one's going to say they're perfect out there things happen out there and you know, pick up the pieces and learn from it and move on for sure and uh, you know tmc you know they 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 claim and i think Everyone claims that they're the best in specialized loads and teaching guys about that, the whole process. Um, I'm just curious, you know, what's your experience with TMC? Like, what, what do they do right? Uh, uh, they're they're hands down everything they yeah. do. That, that's, I don't talk it up. It is my experience that I went there and they set the standard from day one. Yeah. Clean trucks, organizational skills, uh, best of the best, down the tarping, the truck's looking good. You didn't dare go into a terminal with a dirty truck. Yep. Before you turned your truck in to have service done on it, you made sure it was clean. You were rated on how the truck looked. Everything at the terminal, they provided a, a class act experience, and you ran with it that way, and they taught you to be the best of the best, in my opinion. And The special forces of you know, uh, And you were paid quality. based on that. Yeah, you were paid yeah. based on that. Your, how you ran your truck got you percentage of load, and, you know, the higher your percentage, obviously, the better you were doing. A lot of us did very well with them, so. Yeah. And so what does your day-to-day look like for a company like that? Uh, managing your day, learning how to manage your clock. Yeah. Everyone runs off the hours of service and knowing how to manage that clock, you know, managing it so you get the best out of your drive time. Totally. Being where you need to be in the morning before anything even starts up so you can be unloaded and not burning your time. Let the shipper or consignee burn it. You start burning it when you got to move the truck or start strapping and securing. Yeah. You know, managing out your eight-hour stop, not doing it too soon, not doing it too late, and knowing where you're going. Right. You know, fueling it up. It's just time management and attention to detail. And I'm curious, so a lot of your loads you deliver to the same people, you know, back and forth, right? Uh, A lot of the same loads. And I'm just curious, is trucking just trucking, or do you build relationships with customers like that? No, absolutely. You can build relationships with them. And once they get to know how you are, your company, that determines a lot of things, unfortunately. Uh, yes, you know, good or bad. How long you're going to sit there, how long you're going to wait. Oh, we know this guy's going to get in and out of our bay, bring him in so we can get this off the book. And we know he's going to be in and out, you know, not taking three, four hours to chain down a coil in someone's right. bay. You know, if you know what you're doing, 
it goes a long way. No, it makes sense. And, you know, honestly, building relationships. I mean, it's not just trucking. It's not just sitting behind the truck and, and hauling loads. I, I, I think customer relationship is like key, especially if you're doing something. You want to prove yourself to people. And one of the ways to do that is not just being on time, but being out there, you know, talking with these people, gr- creating these kind of relationships. I think it's super important. Yeah. Presentable. Yeah, presentable. Well, Accountability like, and being presentable. Yeah, presentable as a person. And like you said, present, presentable for a truck. I mean, how many times do we say, you know, DOT road officers uh, are going to pull over a truck that's dirty? And why? Because they think that maybe it's going to have some maintenance issues. Story to tell. Yeah. <laughs> There's papers and stuff thrown all over the dash users more inside that book. <laughs> yep. yep. No, it makes total sense. Uh, which which leads me, you know, you you know, we're driving uh, for a few years, and then with TMC, I believe you got into training drivers. What was the switch like from being a driver to learning how to train drivers? That's nerve wracking. <laughs> what about it? <laughs> uh, putting someone brand new in your truck and getting them to drive your truck and operate the way you operate, and teaching them the brand of what TMC wants, right? And then building up a rapport with that student to where you can crawl in the back of that truck and go to sleep while they navigate down the road. It's a nerve wracking experience, but for the most part, if you do it by the book and how it's supposed to be done, it goes fairly smooth. Yeah. And by the time it's all said and done with them, they're ready to get out in their own truck and pass it on. I'm just curious, you know, if you've got years behind the truck, I'm just curious, what are some of the weirdest or craziest uh, stories you might have going down the road? <laughs> yeah, we had our load shift I talked about, yeah. and we had another time where I was on my own you know, wanting to be, be the get out there and get a guy and, and pushing the envelope. And I uh, was somewhere, I believe it was in Montana or the Dakotas at night, pushing it and the overcast of the bridge on the uh, road at night looked like a ditch to me. Oh, I can imagine. I was exhausted and just looking for a place to go, which is a whole other story as a truck driver. <laughs> but I stopped thinking it was a ditch and the, uh, I must have hallucinated a bit and as soon as I stopped the truck, the little Android guy walked out in front of my truck, gave me a fist bump and a high five and walked off. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got to pull this truck over and Go call sleep. it a day. <laughs> yep. It was uh, more on my part, just pushing the envelope, time management, trying to get somewhere and got to where I wanted to get. And there was no place to park. Yeah. And I had no backup plan for it and pushed it a little further. And so what tools do you have do you use uh, with, with that time management, whether it's looking for truck parking or knowing, you know, knowing what's coming up in the map ahead, it's, things like that? It's getting tougher these days. You know, you used to have your rest areas to count on, and it's just not like it used to be. Yeah. There's not a lot out there, so the more you know and the more you do this in your training, I think, comes into knowing, hey, I know these truck stops are there. Chances are going to be full. What's the next rest area around? And for me, a fail-safe was always an industrial park off the interstate. Yeah. There's always places to go in there. You're going to be out of there in the morning. It's a safe place to park versus guys that park on the shoulder of the road and exit non-ramps. It's just not – it's just having the experience and knowing where you're going to go. And obviously the guys that are out there longer have their spots – Yes. And as you're driving along, be aware of your surroundings. If you know you're running the same route, you're like, hey, that's a really good place I could park, and there's never any traffic there. Mental note it. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And, you know, I think you hauled, was it regional, or did you go cross-country? I was cross-country. I did uh, 49 states, all of Canada. Nice. And one run into Mexico. Nice. One and only. (laughs) Why is that? Once was enough. (laughs) I believe it. And then Canada, I mean, what was, uh, I'm just curious, 
most pretty place to drive or crazy hills? Or I was, I did very well in the winter, so I feel like I don't know if I was taken advantage of, but the company I was, I was the companies I was with, like to push me up into the higher end of North America and Canada during the winter. So, uh, Canada's different in the winter. Yeah, coming across all of Canada through Saskatchewan and stuff like that. Yeah, delivered up into Yellowknife a few times. Yep. Yep. I used to live in Alaska, and we would drive through British Columbia all the time, and with visiting family, and oh, it's yeah. gorgeous, but it's 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 interesting. World. It's different, yeah. Yeah, you know, I wanted to do it all, and that's what I did. And <laughs> that's awesome. So I guess with the winter driving, then uh, since it was winter time, and you know we just got some snow out here in PA, and uh, do you have any suggestions, tips on on winter driving? Ah, uh, yeah, slow down, take your time, know your surroundings, know what you're hauling, know your load. Yeah. Know what the truck's capable of doing and take into account 150% the people around you that don't know what they're doing. Right. You um, might man. be the safest driver out there, but it ain't going to matter if something else goes wrong. Yeah. If it doesn't look like a good show, call it a day. <laughs> the customer will thank you, the shipper will thank you, your company will thank you. Totally. I remember uh, as a kid, you know, we were moving from Alaska to Florida and my dad wanted to drive. So we had truck, trailer, hauling a, a, my dad's Land Cruiser behind with stuff full on top. And we were coming in, it was wintertime. And after Christmas, we came into California, there was mudslides, New Mexico and uh, Arizona or Texas, there was ice storms. And I remember specifically, my dad had a CB radio and we were driving snow blizzard blown across. We were almost snowed in at the Grand Canyon. We, Dad took off and going down the highway, snow blowing uh, across the road, uh, I-10. And truckers were following us. They saw our Alaska license plate. And they're like, follow that guy because he <laughs> knows how to drive in winter weather. And I think they called us the covered wagon because we're like, who is this? Um, but, yeah, no, seriously, uh, winter driving and um, just being safe out, safe out there. Knowing where to where to rest and, and yeah yeah for sure I I think for newer guys that are out there winter driving pay attention to what the veteran drivers are doing yeah if you see veteran drivers getting off the road <laughs> uh, that should tell you a lot yes CNS Driver Training Center has just changed the status quo and has completely disrupted the current landscape of CDL training what makes our CDL school diploma programs different we want to be cost effective and flexible for you the trainee not the school. Our Driver Training Center is up to 40% cheaper than competitor programs which focus on training students in groups, not the one-on-one -on -one training like us. Who wants to learn how to be a professional driver crammed in the back of a truck with a group of trainees? Ron, get off of me! We offer classroom and online theory training to better accommodate your availability. We developed this from inception so you have the most impactful learning experience. CNS is the first school to be approved by our state for one-on-one -on -one Class A CDL training. Our one-of-a-kind CDL training program is designed with the trainee in mind. How? Because the program is specifically focused on the trainee's current aptitude, learning style, and desired job outcome. We're all about delivering high-quality professional truck drivers to our industry in a timely and cost-effective manner. Trucking jobs will always be in demand. And when you're good behind the wheel, making six figures is easily attainable. So why wouldn't you choose CNS for your CDL training? We are the best in our industry, and our trainees back us up. Just look at all the five-star Google reviews. If you have further questions about our CDL School Diploma programs, or if you work for a company and want to learn more about our company contract training, give us a call at 
888-998-9145 or email us at support at cnstrains.com. Or you can fill out the form below and somebody will be in contact with you soon. Our nation needs you to keep America moving. So with CDL training, I know one of the things that a lot of people ask us, or if they're doing research on where to go to a CDL school or, or what should I look for, they usually look for three things. And it tends to be pricing. It tends to be, do you haul or do you train manual driving or you know, like stick shift or do you do automatics, hot shot driving uh, training? But the third piece is always your CDL trainer's experience and you've got so many years of experience and I'm just curious you chat with the other trainers out there uh, Daryl Greg and others what's some of their background and I'm just curious bring uh, that, they, bring that to light. Uh, from the chats we've had they have an extensive background I mean between the five or six of us here yeah you, uh, you got about a hundred years of training out there and about six million miles so I mean you got I think Daryl did car hauling yep uh, I think uh, both Tyler and Daryl have dabbled in uh, flat bedding mm -hmm. and all kinds of commodities there. And I think Greg has done a lot of uh, salvage and rescue with tow trucks and has been the wreck masters. And uh, he That's also cool. has uh, some truck driving under him as well as past training experience. Yep. So, I mean, for the students coming here, you got a lot of brains you can pick and a lot of knowledge out there and, if one of us doesn't have the answer, the other one will. And I think it makes a good environment for these guys. Completely. Completely. And I think, you know, when it comes to training, too, I mean, even uh, Joe Lynn, you know, he's he's got over, you know, he's in the million mile club. I'm curious, how many miles do you have? Uh, one and a half. One and a half? Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, any accidents throughout? None. Oh, man. Other than that slippage of uh, greasy yeah. bar. Doesn't count? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it was a no-fault accident, so. And how about DOT experience, uh, inspectors, roadside, anything like that? Uh, yeah, I have, believe it or not, in the 12 years I ran hard, I was only pulled in three times. <laughs> and the one time they actually pulled me in because they wanted to check out the truck I was driving at that time for yeah. Lanita. Yeah. They just said, we just want to see this truck. Uh, yeah. But a clean truck, you know, your record, you know, they got – what do they call them now? The uh, passes for uh, the way stations yep. that track the company and their uh, safety record. Exactly. So if you work for a safe company and, and your truck is clean and they have no reason to pull you in. No, no. And <laughs> if your you're load looks good stupid, and you yeah. got a tight tarp load for flat bedding. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what the tricks are for the guys that run Reed for van, but I'd imagine a clean truck goes a long way as well. Oh yeah. And out in Oregon where I'm from, you know, a lot of the loggers out there, you know, you got, chains all the way down the the logs and and the strapping for that and as long as it looks like it's enough chains it, yep. you're looking, you usually you I, I just feel that when you find yourself in a situation like that you've done a shortcut here or there and you know why you're in there yeah <laughs> you know why you're in there and you know why you're getting pulled in before you even get in yep totally all right, so for many that might not know you, Dave, you have some pretty intense hobbies. And, you know, not only being, you know, all the winter hauling and specialized loads, you've got some awesome tattoos with Pirates of the Caribbean on your arms. Um, but you've also got uh, tons of, of races, uh, Spartan races that you've done. 
And I've also come across video of you doing some steer wrestling at <laughs> county fairs. How'd you get into that? I didn't get into that. It <laughs> had to be done. Uh, my wife, when I met her, she took me to meet her parents at the county fair in Lebanon. And that was my introduction to my father-in-law, who was a bull rider. And he informed me I was going to wrestle a steer. And I said, no, nah, probably not. And he's like, I already paid for it. Yes, you are. <laughs> and an hour later, I was in a pen with a steer. <laughs> what was that and like? I, I, well, it, I, it was terrifying. That's what it was like. Well, you did it twice, though, uh, right? I did, you know. <laughs> you know. I wanted to make sure I had the deal sealed, and I got the approval from the parents. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we did go out and do it twice. And uh, yeah, it was an experience. And yeah, they took a city guy and taught him how to be a little bit country, but and it wasn't exactly fun, but I don't know how you even found that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I do some snooping. That's, that's yeah. my goal. Uh, with the Spartan races, I mean, you, uh, uh, it's, for those that don't know about Spartan races, they're intense obstacle course races. They can range from three miles to 13 miles and a lot of different, uh, you know, obstacles throughout it, uh, really to test the and develop the physical and mental strength uh for people and you've done oh my gosh i'm gonna say over 86 hurricane heat 12 hour events uh 10 trifectas two ultrafectas three killing beasts one death race many more to come as it sounds what got you into spartan races uh when i came off the road i had amassed a certain amount of weight over the years so i came off the road at about 344 pounds I figured I'd start going to the gym to get healthy and what most big guys do when they know they can't get somewhere quick is they decide they're going to lift weights or be a power lifter. And so I power lifted and <laughs> it was a way to say, oh, you know, I'm doing something healthy. And yep. I went to a local gym and a couple guys supported me and they went to a power lifting meet with me. And uh, after that meet, I just thought, you know, I want to do something better and a gentleman that was a friend of mine. We're now best friends. He said, I'll train you for free, but you're going to follow my diet. I figure, well, he ain't going to know what I'm doing. And he's like, oh, I'll know. Right. So uh, he got me into it, and uh, I lost 100 pounds doing what he told me to do. Um, and he was awesome. talking about a race one day on how I got into Spartan. I heard him talking to someone about it, and I made a crack about it, trash talking it. I'm like, well, you're going to go run through the woods, huh? Yeah. You're going to walk through the hills. And a week later, he said, well, you're going to go run through the woods and walk through the hills with us, bud. And it was the first race I ever did, and it turned out to be the hardest Spartan beast that they have to offer. It was in Killington, Vermont. And wow. I went out there and figured I'm going to die up here before I prove him wrong and not finish. And I yeah. died up there for about eight and a half hours, and it was a life-changing experience for me. And the following year, we went out and packed a couple more in, and then last year, I just kind of got lost and just went crazy all over the place doing them. And this year, I'm dialing myself in to be a better athlete at it and go out there and be a little more competitive for me and do better at it. I mean, it's incredible. That uh, is how I got into it. Yeah. I mean, I think of, uh, you know, my dad was special forces in, in the military and, you know, some of the training, some of the things that they do. I mean, that's almost like a lot of what you're doing out there. And I know one of the races you went to recently, or at least one of the competitions was with special forces, right? It was a special warfare heat to where we had to keep up with the, the military cadets. And I did okay. Yeah. I did all right. Yeah. How all right? We, we, we lied to get in. Yeah, well, <laughs> we fibbed about our age. Yeah, they're young kids, you know, but early 20s. If Yeah, yeah. To get into that race, you had to be between 17 and 35. Yeah. And... <laughs> 
I guess another guy did the same thing I did, and we showed up, and the guy looked at us and said, you guys didn't age very well, <laughs> but he let us in anyway, and it was a good time. Yeah, you were telling me you're, you're on the flats, you know, they're thinking you're passing you or whatnot, and then uh, you got up to the hills. and Get them in the hills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy that taught me how to do all this is all about the mountains, oh, man. all about climbing. And I, was do, I did cross-country as a kid in school, and, and that's what I was specialized on, and any, any of the training on the hills, and, and that's what I'm going to dominate at. But uh, that's incredible. So cool. Um, and so with the Spartan races, you know, of course, they, they want you to, to learn physical, medical, or, sorry, physical and mental strengths uh, that you can develop. I'm just curious, what did you learn about yourself? Uh, you know what? I, I learned a lot. This guy was a big big pivotal point in my life um he changed a lot of things for me and uh you know you learn when you think you ain't got nothing left to give there's a lot more in there than what you think yep and uh there's just a lot more push in people than they realize what they got I mean I recently took my wife on one and she found out as well and just when you think there's nothing left to give my son too yep and you find out you're just able to go a little bit further find that extra gear yep that's awesome so if, as a CDL uh, driver, as a trucker, if you were to create a trucker Spartan race, <laughs> what would you include in that? Oh, I don't know, you know. Uh, <laughs> maybe bring back the tire flip they used yeah, to have, yeah. uh, some chain drags, you know. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I don't know. You know, anything that would uh, relate to getting them to have a better idea of keeping in shape and doing things. And for the listeners out there, if you don't, some of the listeners out there might already know Dave and follow him on, on TikTok and see all the crazy uh, routines and training that he does. But uh, if, if you haven't, go check him out. Uh, he's on there and uh, tons of followers. And the training that you do and just some of the proving the point. I mean, you and I are from the same uh, town here in PA. And I know up in the hills in the in the uh, Appalachian, there's, there's one specific hike where you mentioned, you know, you're going to go there and it's straight up rock climbing almost straight up shower steps yeah yep shower steps and you go up it you spend the day just going up and down up yeah, and down once a year oh, my guy takes me out there and we set up camp and every year he proves to me that i'm not quite ready <laughs> <laughs> I, hey i mean that's we go up and down and up and down and up and down but you know every I, I complain about it all the time but then when i get to the event that he's getting me ready for it all comes together and makes so much sense yeah. As to why we did what we did. So, you know, obviously a lot of the taking yourself to, you know, the next physical level. I'm just curious, go, looking back at trucking, you did you drive a manual? I For a little bit. A little bit? Yeah, well, manual most of the time, automatic for just a little bit. And I'm curious, like, did you get clutch leg or clutch knee and, and the, the tense? Uh, I, you know, I often wonder that myself now as I do these races. I'm having extreme issues often with my ankle at times yeah like did I I don't know you know after a while you learn how to float them so the clutch don't come into play I mean I ran 18 speeds right with Lanita so it was a lot of you know if you know how to drive you can float a little bit you know you get traffic in New York City you're hanging on to that clutch for life for hours at a time well yeah and then if you're backing into a crazy place and you have to yeah you know it's hard to say because each year that went by you'd pick up four or five pounds here, five or six pounds there. And did you really have any issues or are you just out of shape making poor decisions on a day-to-day right. basis? It's hard to say. So for driver health for, for uh, truckers out there, do you have some advice on being healthy on the road? Um, yeah, 
Hey, yeah, it's, you know, dial in what you're doing. It's, uh, it's real easy to get in the, hey, this guy's selling a slice of pizza for three fifty or two for five or the whole pizza for 10. And you got a whole pizza sitting on your seat while you drive down the road all day. It's, yeah. you know, getting out and doing something, go for a walk, just, you know, it's not a friendly industry as far as stuff like that goes. Oh, yeah. You know, it's limited as to what you can get, and you got to be a little more disciplined. You got to get food, buy food, stop at the Walmarts or places that let you bring your truck in there and yep. get stuff that you can make, even if it be a sandwich on bread or whatever. It's better than, you know, some of the stuff that we ate out there every day. Yep. I, I, I went back out for a short time with a friend over the road for a while and just after I was in shape and started looking at the places I would stop, oh, there's my favorite place, and I'd yep. start thinking about what I was actually eating. I'm like, oh, my God, I'd stop here and get a pizza, three Danishes, and two, a two-liter of soda, <laughs> and that was my lunch. Yeah, and, and if you guys are interested in watching a podcast episode where we are literally cooking in a cab and, and trying to cook a meal and having a podcast episode on that, discussing the whole thing, let me know in the comments if that's something you guys want to see, and, and we'll get it organized. I, it's something that we might look to do in the summer. I just need some encouragement from your guys' end to make sure we get that going. So before we, you know, before you ever get into, like, specialized loads and, and learning new experience as a trucker, you got to get your CDL first. I, I'm curious. I want to talk to you about CDL training as a trainer, but what was your CDL training experience like back in the day? I, yeah, I felt it was very good. I mean, I, first I'd recommend before you go into this, you know what you want to do. Uh, know what you want to do. Know what you want to haul and discuss it. If you have a family, a wife, a yes. uh, girlfriend, whatever it is, discuss it because it's a very demanding business and it'll take a toll on a family real quick. If you don't communicate, yeah. it'll take a toll on you real quick. If you get into something you really don't want. So know if you want a class B, know, know what you want, know if you want to do flatbed, know what you want to do and then make sure that wherever you're going for training, can offer you something along that line that helps you get there and then know where you're going to go yeah. to work and what that has to offer you and where it's going to take you. And um, so what does that research look like? What, you know, they jump onto YouTube and, and check it out. You or? can go on anywhere yeah. nowadays and look at their reviews and see who's who and what's what. And you can talk to people. I mean, with all the social media we have, yeah. you can just about find anyone in a group that'll tell yeah. you what's what and what's good. I mean, the training I had, I felt was was very good. I I don't knock anything from the school to train me. Um, yeah. In fact, Greg was at that school as well, who's here now, and he knows the gentleman that trained me. So That's I cool. took exactly what that gentleman taught me, and I ran with it. I you know listen to what the people tell you that are training you. Yeah. You came, you come here to get training, so take what they're telling you. Make sure you researched it and then use that information. I was told spend two years with a company. That's what I did, and I knew what I wanted from that point on. Yep. And I, I, I feel that with that amount of time as well, you get to know what you want. You've been out there for a while. You know what's going on. Is this really what you want to do? And then you dial it in. But the communication with everyone around you is going to be important for you and your mental health. Oh, completely. Now, I'm curious, so, you know, new kids come in uh, or young adults come in all the time, and I mean, I'm sure you can tell if they've done some research beforehand or are just totally, just have no idea what they're doing and what they're getting into, but I'm just curious, what's, like, 
when you see them come in and, and they have some experience, like where, what, what do they tend to be looking at? Is it like pre-trip kind of things? Are they looking at backing maneuvers or, or is it they just understand the industry? It's a little bit of everything. They understand it or they're looking to bump up to something else. Right. Um, you know, that just because they're coming in with experience also doesn't mean it could be the greatest thing ever, you mm -hmm. know, just because they said they learned how to do this on so-and-so's farm in the backyard or whatever, you know, we look at their experience, we listen to what they have to say, and then we go out there with them and we see what needs fine-tuned and we offer to them what needs fine-tuned. If there's any bad habits, good habits, what we're going to build on, where we'd like to go from there. And from my experiences here, everyone's been pretty receptive to it and it's worked out very well um, when you talk to them and let them know what's going on and talk to them at a level that's get know people, I guess, know your audience. Oh, yeah. You know. And what is some of the bad ex, um, experience or bad uh, things that they're they're doing? What, what are the common issues they tend to have while doing CDL training school? Uh, the stuff that we're looking for, you know, yeah. not gauging what's going on in the distance, you know, not yeah. scanning the horizon, knowing if you're going to, you know. For me, you know, I tell guys, you know, if you see that light up there, it's been green for a while probably going to go red on you you might want to think about downshifting now so you're not in a situation where you gotta think am i going to blow the light have a hard break you know yep. teaching them little things like that what's going on around them you know this car just pulled in someone's going to get out and open the door on you yep little things like that you know a lot of the guys you know they float you know making sure they can downshift recover a gear quickly you know we kind of gauge what's going on and what they're doing and then go at it from there and if i'm ever stumped on something i'll get with Marty, Daryl, Tyler, see what their input is. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's what I think what's great about it is, hey, there's someone I can't, I don't know, I feel like I can't, I've been saying something, I've been trying different techniques on teaching this person. Hey, we can pass you on to a new trainer and right. different experience might make something click for someone else. Absolutely. And yeah. Yep. I'm curious too, you know, you know, you said you're driven all across the U.S. and, you know, a lot around here, you know, you got New Jersey, you got New York pretty close by, some big metro areas. Did you do a lot of metro driving as well or yeah. did you just try to stay away yeah, from I that? did. I did. What was that like? I did a lot in New York City. Yeah? Uh, at first, it's, it's different, but <laughs> you adapt to it. You learn it. You start to learn when the best time is to go into New York yeah. City. You, you start to figure it out real quick. You don't want to be popping over to George Washington Bridge at 6 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you learn it all and you get used to it. But I did quite a few. I believe I've probably been in the borough itself just over 300 times. Wow. Um, a lot of going <laughs> to the airports, New Jersey. Yeah. It was something I did a lot with TMC yep. because TMC had a very nice incentive of giving you $100 extra each time you went to the borough. So sign me up for yeah. the borough. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's what I'm out here to do. And a lot of guys don't like it. A lot of people don't like it. The people that do well at it were just used to it now. Right. Myself, I preferred out west. Yep. I like out open. Yep. But I'm proficient enough <laughs> in the cities and I can tell people that want to that are going to drive in the cities, what to expect and how to get around things. That's cool. Well, Hey Dave, that wraps up our time together. Thank you so much for joining us uh, and passing on your knowledge to the next generation uh, truckers out there. If you guys got questions uh, for Dave, comment down below and we can pass them on. We can uh, answer them and get them uh, back to you as quickly as possible. 
And, you know, down below, there's also going to be links to, uh, if you're interested about out-of-state CDL training, you know, we're in PA, but you can, cheaper than most CDL schools out there, you can fly in, get our training, and get back, get, you know, pass and get your tests and go back, cheaper than most of the group CDL training out there. So, uh, if you're looking into that, check out the link down in the bio below, uh, as well as, you know, if you're in the PA area, Delaware uh, and, and Maryland, uh, we have a trucking job board on our website, cnstrains.com, and you can check out other, you know, companies that are looking to hire, especially uh, new trainers or new out of fresh out of school, uh, and and have a job potentially right away out of, uh, you know, work, training with us or training with someone else. Uh, but if you are looking for flexible CDL training, look no further. We are the first one-on-one -on -one CDL program to be approved in Pennsylvania. We are also the first CDL hotshot program uh, to be approved in Pennsylvania and possibly the first in the United States. And one of the cool things, too, is we're one of the first to offer the ELDT training. 40% of its uh, required on uh, theory knowledge is done online. So once you're done with that, you can uh, come out to our place, knock out the behind-the-wheel portion, maybe in a week, maybe two, and now's the time to get your CDL license. Fill out the form down in the bio below or just give us a call at 717-496-9145 or email us at support at cnstrains.com. And as always, stay safe out there.